yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald. O'Driscoll. Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy and Driscoll through the legs. Rob Carney out to Fitzgerald again. Stamped and scored. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio as always. You braved the elements, Luke Rochelle, to come in. The beast from the east is upon us, but here you are. Couldn't stop me, couldn't stop me getting here. Stocking up on rice cakes for the uh, the big thing. I needed a nibble. I was hungry, I was bloody, I was actually really bloody, like I was so good today as well, Will. I I got so good till I got onto Talbot Street and then I saw that spar shop and I said... Let's do it. Let's you didn't give them thing. up for Lent. Has Lent started? See, Lent has started. You absolutely pagan. Yeah, I was about Jesus. to say, I'm a heathen. You are a heathen. You're a pa- worse, you're a pagan. That's are you, are you religious? I'm not. Not really. No. Yeah. No, I, I would like. I would consider myself Roman Catholic. But okay. I, would See, I be practicing all the time? Yeah. So purgatory then, maybe, rather than hell. Well, I'm going to purgatory for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, probably going there anyway, regardless <laughs> of whether I went to church on Sunday. <laughs> I'll have a bit of penance, a bit of, a bit of penance to do at some point there. Um, so talk to me anyway, Will. How was your week? It's right. I'm actually holding our newest prop in my hands. I know it's not a Are you visual doing giveaway. It's not I, a visual medium. Now, but have you got okay? Because the mug is fine. Has, did the mug go out? The mug has not gone out yet, Mike Cody. If you're <laughs> code, if you're listening, but the mug will be going out to the winner. Oh. And I have another prop in my hand. I'm not. We'll see how we're going to get. It's a, we have left wing rugby <laughs> balls to give I, away. Oh, do we? Good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, uh, like you know what I would say. I was like. I doubted you, and I'm still doubting you a little bit. Um, I'm a little worried for Mike's cup. Is it going to go out to him? It, Are you going to do it? It will. It seems like it's one of these tasks that's going to be on the long finger. No, because like, sorry. Are you sorry you got yourself into this no, mess? No, I'm not, because I found out that there's someone in the building who will send it out on my, like, you know, <laughs> who will do it. You have I, delegated I thinking, the task. I was like, geez, so I don't have to go to a I, post office. I, I, host, I host two podcasts exactly. in here, two of the top podcasts in here. Like, I, I shouldn't be going to the post office. Well, do I, I still need to go to the post uh, office? Yeah, I was like, Mike, like, I know you're a loyal listener and I'm, your question and you're is good. You're now the celebrity. You're a celebrity, Will. Now. Me. Well, you won't get out to the post office. <laughs> brings me on to my what <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Luke, you were at Old Trafford last weekend. 
I was indeed. What a day. And you were sitting in a very plush, luxury area befitting of someone of your status. I think that's a fair thing. Just befitting of a United, a, 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 an absolute fervent United supporter. Yeah, with uh, leather seeds. Die hard. Die ha- di- in the Stratford yeah, Ends. Lufus Gerald sitting with a die hard with a big leather seeds. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was Sunday out. We had a great day. Um, a pal's tickets now. I can't say, I, I, I rustled them up off him. I've been bothering him for a while for the tickets. I was like, oh, you know, you're kind of shirking away around. He said, look, oh, Got an opportunity, you know, no one's using them for this game. Would you like to? I got on to a few pals. We had a great day. I went over with the fan club um, and we had a great day. With Super the fan club? Or friends of yours are United No, fans? they do like, uh, no, there's a fan club that uh, they do like, uh, they charter a plane. Oh, okay. Excuse me, over back, over back in the day. Oh, so you didn't say over anything? No, we didn't. No, no, no. It was Sunday, so we had, uh, we couldn't work the next day. Oh, you're home. better off. I don't know. Yeah, but it was a big, like, get the win. We were all buzzing. Like, it was brilliant. Uh, we had a great time and I absolutely splurged in the in the megastore I literally <laughs> it was like the megastore like puked on me um, anyone over the age of 18 shouldn't be caught dead wearing I ha- a the teams, first thing I went team. for I made a beeline for my Alexi jersey I, I got got my Alexi jersey boxed off the away kit as well nice black one to go with my Ibrahimovic at home um, from last year's trip over and got a few like actually got a few so nice little training bits you I'm don't happy. mind wearing jerseys and stuff like that uh, I don't wear them. I wear them for the match. I wear them on my sun- a Sunday home. I'll wear them. I'll would you go them. to a? You wouldn't go to a rugby match without wearing a jersey. Apps. I would absolutely never go to a rugby match wearing a jersey. But I was, it's, well, it's different for you. So united, mate. It's different for you. Like if you turn <laughs> about at an Ireland or Leinster game in a jersey. United. <laughs> no man, honestly, it was. I you know had to, you have to got to wear your colours. You're going to Stray for and you better wear your colours. Even in the luxury leather seats. They were yeah. We were look. We were in the posh part of the Stratford end. Um... And it was great because we got we got the atmosphere. We still got a seat. It was great. We loved it. I mean, on that note, we'll bring in Keen Tracy, Irish independent rugby correspondent. Keen, welcome back to the Left Wing Podcast. I think you put it well yesterday when we bumped into you. You said it, it had been too long since we kind of disappeared <laughs> down a rugby rabbit hole. So great to have you in during the Six Nations halfway through. But uh, already Ireland are already into I think one to five to win the championship. So safe to say it's been a pretty successful couple of weeks. Is it a is it as foregone a conclusion, though, as kind of it looks on paper? If Ireland beats Scotland, they have a very, very strong chance of winning the championship, even if they lose to England. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think Scotland, while they're certainly a dangerous proposition, I don't think they're the same team on the road as they are at Murrayfield. I think he, Two wins outside mm-hmm. of Rome on the road in the history of the Six Nations. Which is that, 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 atrocious. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it says a lot, but I mean, I think even, I know we'll probably get on to later, but when you look at the way Ireland are defending, a team like Scotland yeah. could really exploit that in with the back three that they have. So it's by no means a foregone conclusion. Um, I noticed, like, you know, the, the, it, we've, I think we've talked about it before that the Grand Slam is banned when you're in Ireland camp, but slowly but surely, one or two of the players are starting to say it. Jack McGrath said it to us a couple of weeks ago before the Italy game. Chris Farrell said it um, after the yeah. game at the weekend. So He was very confident, didn't he? He was yeah, sounding... And, and I don't think there's any harm with having a belief. Like, I mean, Ireland have earned the right to have confidence and belief in themselves, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think Scotland are dangerous, but Ireland should get the job done, you would imagine. Yeah. But can you can't really... Like, I know the players always say it, and Joe would say it as well, like, oh, we're not thinking of the Grand Slam, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's, it's impossible to get away from it, really. I don't know. I think if you're like the week of, like you have to get there first. Like you have to get there. I mean, obviously it's a possibility. Um, everyone else is talking about it, but I don't. I don't think they'll. I don't think there'll be any talk about it until. And there's different schools of thought on that as well. Like I mean, some people will say like it's 
the element in the room, like, I mean, we have to obviously say, lads, we've got a huge opportunity here. Let's not leave. And, and it still will come back to, it's, it's a game. And we have to deliver on the plan. We have to make a good plan. We have to train. When you are. That's all going to be there. That's fine. I think it's and, more of an elephant in the room for Irish rugby because we've won so few. You know, for like Wales who win it so or have won it very fairly regularly, it wouldn't maybe be as big a pressure. Or, the mindset here is to kind of shirk away from it though as well. It's yeah. to be like, oh, we can't jinx it. Or but it's the same when we go into a game as, as favourites. You know, yeah. we hate being favourites. Like we we hate. You know, we really yeah. shy away from anything that makes us look good, and we, we want to be the underdogs all the time. But no, I've been lots of teams where we were the favourites. Maybe and it's we not support, nationally. Not well, I don't know, like, not, like more um, club, I would have thought. I think it's supporters, though. It's supporters more than anything. It's very rare that you get an Irish an Irish supporter who's overly confident. I think, mm. did you see that picture doing the rounds at the weekend of the English fan with Grand Slam Champions 2018 on his T-shirt? <laughs> I mean, like, that's happened before in the past. So I don't think you'd ever see an Irish fan no. doing that because we'd much rather be the underdogs. Irish people, there's nothing worse than having an egg in your face with all your mm. mates around. Like, I mean, Irish people really can ram at home as well. Yeah. But bloody good at it. Did you ever find a difference between, I guess, a club mentality whereas at Leinster you were winning Heineken Cups and you were kind of expecting to win all the time whereas at national level it wouldn't have, success wouldn't have been as ingrained in the team so maybe they wouldn't have carried themselves with the same confidence. Is that anything you ever found? Um, I don't know. I'd say it's di more difficult with a national team, first of all. Um, you're playing against... You know, we've small playing numbers here. Like, we're like in the provinces, you get to pick from quite a big pool. Like, there's only four of you there. Um, I'm sure it probably evens out, you know, in terms... Maybe not. You know, might still have more feeder, you know, more, more of a feeder population or whatever around clubs uh, in the UK or in France. But I would say, you know, it probably balances out in terms of the, the amount of people you have access to, the amount of kids in terms of coming through the system. So you probably have a better chance to like at that level whereas at international level you have you know you're picking from whatever three and a half four million people probably sorry five and a half million people um you know including the north so um like you know it, like you know as opposed to france who are picking from what is it 40 50 million 50 60 million probably in the uk something similar so um like the numbers are against you to a certain extent and i think it, that probably shows a bit more in terms of international level now i think we're going through a fairly extraordinary period at the moment um, where we seem to have loads of, you know, we seem to have massive depth all of a sudden and in all the positions. I can't think of a position where I said, geez, there isn't, like, there's two or three really good Irish players for that. I think the coach has a lot to do with that. I think the systems are very good around the, all the all the academies. Um, and to answer your question directly, yeah, it's probably more difficult at an international level, you know, for, for that reason, I think. And I think at Leinster, you know, we probably went through an extraordinary period when I was there as well with... You know, with Joe Schmidt and Michael Checker, like two brilliant coaches. I mean, it's very hard. You know, it's not not often you get two brilliant coaches one after the other. Um, and I think you saw a lot of Checker's really good work in Joe's, you know, tenure as well. Um, so I'd say, like, you know, is the mindset different? No, you probably are more confident. I think you feel like you're, you know, when you look at the team on paper, you say, "Geez, we are way better than these guys." Like when when I was with that Lance team, I said, mm -hmm. "We have our full team out. We are way better." Whereas I think an international level. I don't know if you can say that. Um, you know, I think it's probably a bit more evenly balanced. Is that? Does that? It was very long-winded, Will. I mean, yeah, well, you we look got like there you're almost you glazed well, we got, over. We got there. The first ninety percent, you know, we, we got there at the last ten percent. Glazed 10%. over a little, but yeah, I think we got there. And yeah, what do you reckon, Kino? Happy enough for that answer. Well, I'm just happy we're back down. Does it make hole. any sense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, going down a rabbit hole, aka Luke going off on a, one of his tangents. A rant. A, I like a good rant. 
That's what they pay you for, you know? Well, I suppose so, yeah. What are they paying you for, Will? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I ask myself that every yeah, day. Yeah, come on, man. A bit more. I need a bit more out of you. <laughs> you got to rein me in there. That's what they're paying yeah. you for. No, I, I, I was happy to listen to you. Uh, yeah, so Keith, like, I guess the big news today was Chris Farrell picking up that injury. Uh, as we don't, it twisted his knee in training. But as Luke mentioned there, the depth, Ringrose would appear to be able to slash straight back in there. So it shouldn't be a huge loss, although for him personally, it's terrible, especially after getting out of the match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's worked very hard to, to get to where he is now. Um, I, I don't. It's unclear yet if it's the same knee that he injured in, against Argentina. I mean, it, a lot hasn't been said yet, but it'd be a huge blow. And even after that, you look at Munster, have got a big Champions Cup quarterfinal coming up and they really need him as well. But yeah, it's a timely return for Gary Ringrose. I know he got a run out against the Kings last week, but... I reckon the training session today was probably more tougher than what he faced last week. Yeah, the Kings didn't uh, bring a whole no, lot to the RDS last week. Absolutely, but I think he was a certainty to play this weekend before Farrell mm. got injured against the Scarlets, but I think Joe Schmidt has got a really big decision to make because he Ringrose definitely needs the game time, there's no question about that, but what happens if he plays against a good Scarlets team who who want revenge for what happened a couple of weeks ago in the RDS? So I think it's a fine balance. They should probably play him, I think. I think so too because Ringrose was quite rusty which I think a lot of people forget when he came back earlier this season he was the first to admit it we chatted to him a couple of months ago so he needs that game time to get to get back I think it's all well and good running reps and training but he needs the, the, the game minutes but I can't see him playing a huge ball maybe a half against the Scarlets at the weekend because it's too big a risk if Ringrose goes down then then you're looking at I think shifting Aki to 13 and maybe like Rory Scannell coming in and I think that upsets the balance of the back line even more I think what you want is a like for like replacement and while they're not exactly similar players I think Ringrose would slot into 13 more seamlessly than having to shift your two centres I like Scannell I, I do like too Scannell. I think he's yeah. massively underrated I think I've made this point before definitely in the paper that I think he's one of those guys that in Munster he's really really appreciated mm. for what he does and it's a hard position, I guess, with the, you look at the calibre of players he's got ahead of him with Ireland, but he is so consistent for Munster. He's a nice I, ball player. I like him. He's a good playmaker, yeah. and I think he's a player who gets the best out of people around him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very good at making people look good. Smart, if you've got kicks mm. and stuff. I, I, I like him a lot, Will. I think he's... Um you know, I, I saw there was one poor thing against Racing that I was like, it's the first time I was like, oh, that's a bit, that was, uh, I kind of really like you. I was like, oh, I didn't like that bit of play. Was it, you think he, and almost like, Got it. Not, I'm not going to say he got out of the way of a tackle, but there was a one of the racing. There was a huge guy playing for racing. I don't know who it was, but he went through. Oh, the top from Marina, the guy who they couldn't fit handcuffs around his wrist when he got arrested in Paris. Uh, yeah, I think it was. He was absolutely massive. Now he got out of the way, and I was just thinking, oh, I didn't like that. But every other time I watch him, I think class. I think really, I really like him. I think he's a real important cog down in Munster. I think when he's on, I've seen him be really good defensively. Mm. I think he's he is very physical in there, and. Um, he could definitely do a job, and I think you know if you're if you're going to give Ringrose time this weekend, then I think you have to give him like 50-60. You can't just drag him. What's the point in half? It's like mm. the risks far outweigh the benefits. Like it's only another half of rugby. You know, would he be better off being in camp? I mean, they train at breakneck pace anyway. Um, so you wouldn't play him by the sounds. Uh, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. If you're thinking about playing, if starting him, like the, the, at a value, uh, like the risks far outweigh the you know. Uh, the, the benefits for me I think um, you know if you are going to play me say listen I don't think he's got enough game time he needs to play you know then you have to be comfortable enough with putting Scandal in I would be um, so I might if I, my point is sorry, I wouldn't play him for a half yeah. sorry well maybe I got caught up there I think I, if he's going to play he needs to play 60-70 
I, I think even 50 is not enough. I think 60, 70 easy. Otherwise, it's not, what's the point? Like, you, you know, you need to play a full game to be match fit. I think, I think one of the interesting things about mm. Scannell as well is that he was brought to Paris as the extra man and at the weekend he was the extra man. So when you think back to the Paris game, Chris Farrell was fit, but Scannell, now obviously Schmidt is thinking different things, but mm. it's telling that he's been in the match days, or not the match day squads, but as the extra man, he's been in around the squad mm. He knows what Schmidt wants. He knows what he's yeah. about. And I think he's been very lucky. He obviously made his debut on the summer tour uh, last summer. Um, he was very good. Very unlucky, I thought, not to, to get another cap in, in November. But I guess you look at how well Chris Farrell did and, and that's, how, that's how it happened. But Yeah, well, I mean, look, it, it is. I think he's, a like, like I said, you know, we've had a few, good few guys go down now at this stage. And I mm. still think we look pretty strong. Like, I mean, Gary Ringwell's coming in. Like, Gary Ringwell's a spectacular rugby player. Um, now, I think you're right. I think he's, he, looks, he looked a little bit rusty. He's looked a little rusty so far this year for me. Um, you know, I think, you know, given his really high standards defensively, I just saw a few things. I was like, yeah, that's unusual for him. I know he's, I know he's top class in that, in that area. So, I think the game time for me, I'd play him well to answer it to you directly. And yeah. it's going to be a really big battle for whoever is in that 13 jersey because mm. Hugh Jones has obviously been, that's probably just one of the standout players of the Six Nations Championship. I want, to, I don't know, I want to put this to you guys and see what you think. What about the first match? It wasn't so good then. It wasn't so hot then against Wales. Well, since then, he's been pretty good. And he, he wasn't too bad in the first game in terms of racking up fantasy rugby points anyway, which is what <laughs> I, it's how I measure everything. Like, is whoever now gets, we get whoever gets me my most it. fantasy rugby now points. Now we get to the crux uh, of it. Well, Hugh Jones, uh, his running style does remind me of a young Brian O'Driscoll. Really? I think Drico was really kind of low. and kind that of He is as well. Have you not seen some of his breaks? Maybe, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Drick, But I did really tweet unusual. that a couple of weeks ago and I got hmm. zero retweets and zero likes, so I don't think that <laughs> Did many. you take it down? I don't know. I left it up there because uh, when he finally does get the comparisons, I want people to be able to go back and see my tweet, which was foreshadowing. You're quote your own like, retweet. I'll, I'll retweet uh, yeah. my own tweet and say, I told you so. <laughs> zero retweets. Oh, man. In fairness, I like, I like it. Stick to your guns. You got to keep it up there. So I, some people delete that kind of stuff, Will. You obviously have no shame. No, I don't. Have no shame. No, but no, uh, he he has been playing really well though, and it, it yeah, would be a huge good the last day. for Ring Rose to go straight back in against you know a player who's in such. It good would. Form. He's well able. He's well able. Uh, I think he's one of Ireland's best up and comers. Um, my worry, as I've said the last while, is that does he get the game time? Uh, Bunyaki is an awesome rugby player for me. Um, and that was always my worry about bringing in guys from abroad. Really, is that you know someone like Gary Ringrose, who is a brilliant rugby player too. Might not get a look in because he's a little bit further. No, he's sorry, he's not as far down the development. Um, but he has been injured for the last six months. He has been agreed. That's fine. But would he have started? I don't know. Because Robbie Henshaw's a cert, um, and I think Bunya Key is tearing up for Connacht consistently and has been for three or four years. So, um, uh, it's my worry with him. I think he he's a brilliant, brilliant rugby player. Well, it's interesting with Ringrose. Obviously, he went on that summer tour, and then subsequently got shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. But it was a pre-existing injury, wasn't it, Keane? It wasn't something that he picked up on the tour. Yeah, and he, he got it. He got it sorted out. He got an operation. So he could have gotten that before the tour. Yeah. But having read Warren mm. Gatlin's book, Warren, Warren says that he told Joe that Gary will be called over. Mm. So I presume that was the thing. There thinking. was a lot at stake, yeah. There was a lot at stake, but in hindsight, like he wasn't picked on the tour. It's kind of disrupted his whole season, delaying that surgery. I think he got the other injury for me, Keane, was a bit more of a... The yeah, guy, the that's ankles... That's kind of disrupted him for me a little bit. wasn't it, I think? Yeah, and they do this, like, I mean, you have a choice. This syndesmosis thing is really... Like, it, the last about four or five years, 
yeah, like loads of people have got it. And it's they might a new know, age metatarsal, isn't it? It seems to be like in my time in Leinster, the amount of guys who would not necessarily like, you know, your superstars, but mm. lots of other people uh, in the setup, like a huge amount of them got syndesmosis injuries. Like lots of guys who were on the fringe seem to get a chance and then do this and thing. And is there, do you think there's a reason You have two choices. Just... Apparently, like, so So from my, from what I gather from talking to the guys, which probably means that this counts for absolutely nothing here, but no, what, what most of them have said is that you seem to get an option. You seem to, like, the, it seems to be like, look, we can, if you do the surgery for this, we, we can get you back in, what is it, like eight or ten weeks or something. <clears throat> but if you don't, we can take the chance and you could be back in whatever eight but what happens an awful lot of time is instead of you know after three or four weeks someone goes oh lads i think we need to I mean, we actually need to get this surgery done and it ends up being a 14 15 weeker because they take they end up having to get it having tried to to cut a few weeks down so um that's it's a really it's a difficult one to explain away to people who are outside the setup but that seems to be my read on it 100 percent. yeah i was chatting to gary Ringrose a couple of weeks ago about this and mm. that's exactly what he said and i think because so many of the leinster guys have had it mm. the physios are able to go right no you need to go you get this go, because yeah. it's just too big of a risk i think you're dead right and yeah. when you look at what he has been through i guess he just wanted to get it sorted and hopefully now if he comes back he um he gets he, it pays off basically but I think the one thing that you'd be worried about Ring Rose is when he came back he I think we spoke about this as well mm. Luke he was shooting out off the line quite a bit trying, trying to make but he ended up having to backtrack a bit it wasn't necessarily the shooting that was the problem mm. he ended up if you look at some of the stuff there was, one, there was a few bits where he just just a bit out of sorts it, like he was kind of a bit muddled in his thinking you know and look as it turns out it probably looks like a lot of the outside backs might be in that in that place as well so are, are Ireland losing anything out there I don't think so but I, I kind of think knowing Gary He's smart enough to figure it out. Like he, he looked a little nervous to me. That that was what it looked. He looked, like you said, a bit out of sorts mm. coming back into big European games against good teams that get it wide. And um, I do think uh, if he came in on uh, like he would, he would. I think he, he's definitely my selection to to come in. But I think he would be fine in that respect. I'd say I'm hoping he's done a little bit of thinking in that in that space and said, yeah, do you know what? I've looked at well, that clip. That's what I need it, to fix there. It's interesting. It's an easy fix for Ringrose to come in back into that defence because Joe Schmidt was talking to the media today and he was kind of defending Andy Farrell mm. or you know uh, saying that he's world class and that there may be a bit of over exuberance from some of the outside backs and trying to make tackles has kind of pulled them out of position. So it will be interesting to see how Ringrose slots back in there because it has been a problem area. Yeah. I, I I totally agree. That's that was the point I was trying to make. I think mm. I, that would be a slight concern for me because you have this lack of game time in itself. But you're coming into a defensive system which. It's still trying to work its way out. Let's, mm. I think it's fair to say when we've seen that over the first three games. So I don't think you want to be putting a guy... And I, I agree, I think he's smart enough to figure it out. But at the same time, I think it's a slight risk because... And it's against a team that plays very expansive exactly. rugby that even last year mm. yeah. got a lot of, uh, you know, kind of... It did, and in the, I mean, in the outside channels. I mean, he'd have difficult tackles to make all day against really. And he really actually, I, like, I don't want to pick on the guy, but he did struggle in that game in Murrayfield last year. Albeit it was one of his first Six Nations start, but he did get a bit of criticism. Uh, I can't recall him being the standout. I, I remember a few other people um, having some, <laughs> let's call them stinkers, because I have no other word comes to mind. But it, yeah, it wasn't just him, I don't think. But yeah, um, they like look, it's a challenge against Scotland. And lots of teams find it a challenge. I mean, Stuart Hogg really stresses defences. He's got a really nice kicking game uh, to go alongside, a lovely passing game. And we all know what he's like footwork wise. I mean, and pace. I mean, he just has another gear for me. Some looks, people have compared Hugh Jones to Brian Driscoll as well. So someone's yeah, I don't know who they are. Um, I can't say I agree. Uh, <laughs> he's got a bit of a journey to go on. But yeah, look, I think like look, it is a, it is a risk. Um, but I mean, the scenario isn't ideal, and I think they're going to have to take a risk either way. Um, and I think Gary probably is. I mean, moving Bundy around, Bundy has been a really nice foil for Ireland, and I think. When you have him there, you're, I, I just feel like even looking at Joe, uh, some of the plays they set up, they set up one play where it didn't come off. 
but they're using him um, a lot as that kind of heavy ball carrier, as as the option where you go, mm, we can drag in numbers here, we can be very direct if we want with him. Um, and I think if you shift him out of channel, um, I'd say a lot of stuff probably has to change mm. and a lot of the shape will have to change. Whereas, you know, it's probably a straight swap for Gary and I think it's probably a better fit for me. Just moving on to some of the attacking stuff, I I, I had a look at, obviously, Jacob Stockdale scored eight tries in his first seven tests, which is pretty phenomenal because mm. you look at, you compare that to some other people. Like Shane Williams got five tries in his first seven tests. David Campisi, seven tries in seven tests. You know, Sevilla got 10 and 7, Rococo 11 and 7. So this is the kind of company you're putting him in. Like, I know some of the tries, I guess, have been... Relatively, oh, you still have to take them. You exactly. Still have to take them. Like, is, yeah. is, it, is it a skill scoring tries? Like, some people have it, some oh, people some don't. Some people have a knack for it. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Keith Earls is another guy who just always seems to get on the try sheet. Drico had a great nose for one as well. And Do you know how many one. tries you scored in your first seven tests? I'd say two. Zero. No. No. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I did not have to. Uh, oh, you know what it was? I had the uh, Novembers. I forgot the no, the, the Novembers. Uh, yeah, it's sad. Sad. I have a terrible choice scoring record. And was that, like, is there anything you do wrong or do you just think you were a bit unlucky? Because sometimes you get a scoring pass and you just run in. Like. I would say I had a view on it. I'd say I was involved in way too many rooks. I'd say I spent loads of my time um, worrying about defensive stuff. And I'd say I also... Um, I, I kind of played in different teams. Like, we didn't... Um, like, would I say we were expansive? I don't know. Um, you wouldn't call this Ireland team particularly expansive, though, would you? Like? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, they scored lots of... I mean, they look pretty good. Um, you know, they look, they've looked pretty good. They've, they've played some good rugby. Like, Johnny Sexton, like, is... I mean, he is a running... Ma like, I, I didn't play a lot of my career with Johnny Sexton in Irish jersey. Um, and I kind of probably played a different game plan off the back of it, I would think. So... Maybe not. Maybe it was me. Will I don't know. I I feel like you know whenever I got opportunities, I was pretty good at finishing them off. Um, um, could I have been better? At maybe sniffing a few out. Maybe I could have. But like I suppose I spent lots of my career. When I look back on it, probably, um, you know, coming back from injuries all the time. You know, so I was literally trying to find like because you need to find the places in the game where this kind of stuff happens. Um, and I think, as you know, leaving, so obviously leaving the other stuff aside, I, I reckon I was in way too many rooks. Like, I mean, it was my, my old man for years was like, what, like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> Do and think? I was like, well, I'm part, of, I'm part of the team. I'm part of the team. This is what we, we well, you're are. You're not playing blindside flanker, like you're playing wing. Yeah, but we are trying to retain the ball. So everyone has a job. That, and, like, and I think you look at like that Leinster team, it was bloody hard to get the ball off us. And we, everyone was a threat. I mean, look how many tries like Keane Healy gets around the, you know, the breakdown or how many like tries... Sean O'Brien gets or like you know that kind of way I think it was kind of a real team like like it's when I when I look at the tries I mean it's very evenly spread across those really good Leinster teams for me anyway I don't, would, would you agree or would you yeah think, well would you I, think I did that? I looked up a few because I was curious comparing how many tries you scored to some of your teammates so like Marcus Horan scored one more, more try for Ireland than you did it's a sad state of affairs <laughs> it's a not a very prolific record I didn't play all my rugby on the wing though I would say as well um, which uh, look, look does it help I don't know I mean uh, I didn't really I suppose part of maybe the problem for I know we're getting into a deep conversation about me here but uh, look I'll answer the question I think for me I never really gauged my performance on that um, which was probably a mistake actually I kind of towards the end of my career like, well, I is it something that with, coaches would say that would say to you nah if you play well you play well exactly um, you know and I, and I always kind of I took a lot of pride in um, being someone who I, I like two on ones. Never, like, very rare now. I didn't give one uh, or um, keep my op my opposition. I remember Sean Edwards saying to me, 
like your opposition guy did he score a try or did you know and, and I always I kind of I tried to balance the scorecard very well all the time like you know all your sporting heroes you know your Muhammad Ali with the rope of dope uh, your Michael Jordan best player you know like all, all, all team uh, all NBA team first team defence as well as attack all your guys that you look up to I always thought could Driscoll do both. was a great defender Draco was a brilliant defender um, so yeah I kind of liked I kind of prided myself on that and it was probably the bit when I played most of my rugby which is early in my career without being injured I spent a huge amount of my early career really trying to get up to speed defensively um, I always wanted I liked it I enjoyed that part of the game but I spent a huge amount of my time in the week uh, preparing myself for my opposition number um, and I'd say I was pretty I'd say I was pretty annoying to play against it wasn't I, very rare I missed tackles at the start of my career against my, my, my opposition guy because I knew him inside out um, so yeah, that, that was probably why. Will that's probably, like I, it's funny. I think about it all the time. I literally, I was, I was having. Well, it's just so, it's gotten brought up a lot recently, just because of Stockdale it's, scoring it's, so yeah, many tries. Yeah, because because so, I said because I obviously brought up a few things at Stockdale. I was oh, and like and obviously the the headlines in here don't really help. It's like oh, it gives advice to Stockdale. It wasn't really what I was saying. What I was I was making an observation on the technical mistakes that he is making. He is making mistakes. His footwork and his positioning are off quite a lot. Um, and he seems to find himself in no man's land. He seems to make basic mis mistakes, just on, you know the principles of defence. I mean, the first try from Davies. I mean, you just can't let him walk in like that. I mean, I know he kind of steps him, but he doesn't really. You have to make him make the pass. Plus, he's one guy outside him as well already, so he has to throw a skip pass, or he has to, you know there's two more passes to go. Um, so people were abused. Said, well, you never, you know, your try record. I said, well, like you don't know anything about rugby, mate. Like there was like. It's it's a you, you you have to be as far as I'm concerned. You're playing against a team who are as good as you. You're gonna have fifty percent defense, fifty percent attack. Well, for the layman watching rugby, if you're mm. not like really, I guess, up to speed on defensive systems, it's easy to see someone scoring eight tries in seven games. I mean, like, of course you know, it oh, is. Oh, well, player. And hang on, hang on. It, what I would say is, he it it's a, unbelievable. Like it's class. I mean, some of the tries, the one against um, was it. Uh, Ah, uh, it was the one in the corner against South Africa. He went through or Argentina. So yeah, the Argentina, he like I mean, he's had a few Argentina, really yeah. good ones. Um, and and that's not taking anything away. I just suppose, I just kind of feel like you can't necessarily you can't uh, give away tries as well. It puts pressure on the team. Um, if you're in bad positions now, listen. Sometimes you're the last guy in the in in the defense. You still have to make the right decision, even if they're going to score the try. And I feel like he's kind of had a few mistakes there as well. That's funny when you mentioned mm. like in two on ones where you'd always give the pass because there was one against Italy where like Earls was in, inside him for like <clears throat> against a different team he probably would have given the pass but since it was Italy I think he just backed himself uh, to go over to I did not like that I thought that was it, Earls would be the fastest guy in the pitch um, and I think that one should have gone uh, you're taking a big risk if that guy puts him in touch or clips his ankle he rolls into touch or the offload would be too hard to get inside you drop it or something um, I, I look he is he's he scored the try, so that's fine. But I just I worry in a big game he sees his name in the headlines and he goes for the corner and I'm thinking that pass, you better throw that one, the big one again, you know, against New Zealand or Australia or England. Uh, you better throw that one on the inside because that's a, that's a try for the team, a hundred percent. If you go to Earlsy, or bring Keane back in, you've been sitting on the sorry, Keane, you're very patient there. My bad. Deep yeah, dived on Luke's career. I was just defending my career, my my absolutely incredibly <laughs> Wait, well, sorry, poor I, I didn't try record. trial there, but it was. I mean, it's interesting to talk about it because it's a real. I mean, you'll know. You watch rugby all the time. It's like it, it's hard not to say, "Geez, like what a try scoring record." But then you have to, you do have to say, for my, I don't. This is kind of me asking you, Keane here. I mean, do you find that you, you have to write the headlines, you have to write your piece uh, in the paper about the person who scores the tries? Um, 
But do you feel like it gets lost? Do you think people are watching the wrong things? I look at journalists, I think, Jesus, like, what game are you watching? Like, well, I remember sometimes back back after the France <clears> game, <throat> I did like an analysis piece in the paper, and you know, everyone was talking about Johnny Sexton's drop goal, but like focus on Teddy Tomas Troy, which. You know, Ireland were caught out position because of narrow defence and it's things like that that you're trying to highlight because mm. scoring the tries is all well and good, but it's the finer details that we always talk about when it comes to Joe Schmidt. And I'd love to know what those conversations are like that Schmidt is having with Stockdale because he's scoring the tries, fair enough, but it almost goes against what Joe Schmidt wants from his winger. He wants mm. the basics done well. He wants him to be defensively solid and he's not defensively solid at all and like we well, said there was a bit of a clamour for him to be dropped after the French game I, he I, scored four tries in the meantime I think that was coming on the back of he had a tough day at the RDS as well he was oh, yeah, he, he was quite poor down. yeah he was quite poor against Leinster at the RDS yeah, and McFadden went stepped and, and McFadden was playing quite well and I could kind of understand the, the calls for him but I think at the end of the day this is being built towards you know this guy is, is the future it, it's worth sticking with him but I think we're going to need to see some improvements over the next couple of weeks because the, the two back threes that are left to play England and Scotland like are two of probably the best in the tournament. You know, yeah. And yeah. They, they will show them up as well. Well, just actually let's move on to England because that was probably, I know from an Irish perspective, that was the big game for us. But overall, like England to get beaten so comprehensively, like they lost by 12, but they were pretty much outplayed all over the pitch, especially at the breakdown. They, they, they could barely secure any of their own ball. Um, like what did you, were you surprised how comprehensively they were beaten? Um, I was, but we did talk about it, Will, and I did thought I thought that was a slippery one for them. Um, just because I think Scotland, are, like I said, I think they're good at home. They are good. I mean, they pushed New Zealand really, really mm. far, uh, and probably should have beaten them in November. Beat Australia, as well. uh, beat Australia. Like they are good at home. Gregor Townsend's a very good coach. They have a they have a good backline. I think their pack is at times a bit like I, I love Barkley. I mean, he's been brilliant in the, great for player, the Scarlets. Yeah. Uh, he's been brilliant for Scotland for Hamish a long time. Watson, great name. It is a great name, and he he caused havoc at the breakdown for them. And I think people were talking about. I, I, I it looks to me if I look at England. They still haven't found flankers to play. Like, no, back to Robshaw, which yeah. is bizarre. Yeah. Like, Eddie Jones. Exactly. He cut the legs yeah. out from under Chris Robshaw. And then, likewise, he did the same with Tom Wood. And yet, last season, both of them were starting. Mm. This year, it's only Robshaw. But, like, I think he's look, he looks like he's probably missing Haskell a little bit to me. Uh, and Haskell's had a mixed season, a few injuries and that. But I think it looks like he's missing him. He's a lion at the end of the day. Um, I think... When I look at England, it looks like they're trying to. They're, they're, for when I look at them, and I was look, I was looking quite close at them. It seems to me that they're kind of. It looks like they're like trying. They, they they got caught with one extra rooker all the time, and I don't know whether there's been a change of mentality there where they're trying to, like, because at the end of the day, rugby is a numbers game. I wonder are they trying to lessen that? Because you know the way defenses now. You look at most defenses; they're not. They they either are competing really hard if there's an opportunity or. They're all standing out. If I look at Scott France against us, now the conditions helped them, but they barely competed at the breakdown. The guy tackled them, everyone just got on the line and got off the line, you know, tried to get off the line hard with big numbers against Ireland. I think it looks to me like England are trying to just put one guy in the rooks uh, alongside the, the ball carrier, which is a big risk. Like it's a bloody big risk. I, I we need. To, I need to. I do you know what? I need to watch the game again. But it's just just might be my impression. Well, that would support. tally with the difficulty they had in securing their own I think they're trying to ball. put less numbers in there. Uh, I really believe that. I think they're trying to put. Less, I think they're like it, it would. It would match up with their game plan because I think as well if you look if you got forward and farther you can get the ball if you have, if you if you can lessen your numbers at the rook and you've got an extra number outside. Like those guys can get the ball to the right place. They make good decisions. Can I ask time. you a question? Say if you're put yourself in Chris Robshaw's shoes, having played in you know professional teams, like 
if a coach had said those kind of things about you, like, you know, oh, he's like bang average or, you know, he can do a couple of things well but nothing exceptional and then kind of goes back and starts picking you then, is it hard to to kind of play for that coach? Now, to be fair, I'm not saying Rob Shaw's that problem because they do seem to be getting on well, but mm-hmm. is it, that's a strange position to be in. It is a weird one. Um, like, he caught on with bang average. He, like, but he, I don't know if that's just an Aussie thing. Like, he just seems to be so brash all the time. Like, he just can't... Oh, he can't shut his mouth. Like he just came to like he cannot like he just loves the soundbite. He gets like he just loves it. He loves giving. The, I'm like I'm pretty sure regardless. Like he just seems to be. He always seems to have something good ready, like something outrageous. Where you're like Jesus, I can't believe you said that. That was so like it was gruff. You know, would you, would you like to cover him? I, th- I think it'd be oh, great crack. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. it depends. That guy didn't get a great interview after the game. Well, I suppose that's sorry. It was still funny. a good interview, yeah. but it was. Um, he gives you a head like he's aggressive, yeah. isn't he? Like he, he seems is. to be kind of, like that's just that's his mentality. Is he's kind of aggressive and he's really, really uber confident in what he's doing, and you know that can be good as well for a team. I think England are kind of like, the kind of team we talked about this a few weeks ago about Stuart Lancaster maybe really suiting like an Irish mentality. Yeah, with Alex Corbusier. Yeah. And we were talking about like Stuart Lancaster, like he, you know, he, he he's kind of a humble guy, you know, from Northern England, kind of you know, no, like nothing too flash about him. Works really hard. Actually, a really good coach, as it turns out. But he's the kind of guy who, like, in an interview, I, I remember being shocked when I saw his quotes, like coming up to play Ireland. I was like, that is so unusual for an English coach to be, not like talking to himself, but like he was kind of saying, "Gee, no, Ireland." He was all about Ireland, building yeah. us up. Now I'm sure in his own setup, he was saying, "We're going to beat the tar out of them," but. Publicly, I was like, "This is really unusual." Usually, English coaches are—you'll you'll get a soundbite off them. You say, "Like we expect to win over there against the Paddies." Like you know, that's what we expect all the time to beat the Paddies. So, you know, I think Eddie Jones might fit the mentality over there. That's just kind of—you know—England can't help but talk themselves up, and he can't help but do it. So, I think he might suit them actually quite well. It, the Rob Shaw thing. Difficult. I don't know how you claw that back. I mean, I think as a rugby player, you have to have fairly thick skin anyway, but not everyone does. Um, but I'd say Rob Shaw, like he's been through some tough times in an England jersey. I mean, he was the captain during the last World Cup, which I suppose got branded a, a, a debacle from their from from their side. Um, so I'm sure he's kind of used to coming back from from tough situations and, and possibly embarrassing ones. You know, it's it's all gone pretty well since Eddie Jones has come in. But I, I think there's a bit of pressure now coming on. I think Joe Schmidt would have been watching that performance. I think you're dead right at the breakdown and licking his lips. I mean, I think the breakdown has been somewhere where Ireland have been quite good. Again on Saturday against Wales, like there was a couple of incidents. That what did you think about them in November, lads? Sorry. Well, I was going to say when you actually dig into it, they haven't really hit. Top form since almost Australia that tree the tree uh, test yes, clean sweep. I agree. I like agree. in terms of they they dug out at Six Nations last year, but did they hit the heights in any of the games? No. And the real tester they folded up badly. They were us. yeah they didn't mm. offer a whole lot against like maybe in November in 2016 they were pretty good, but they still didn't play New Zealand. Whereas Ireland played them and beat them and almost beat them a second time. So the, I guess the dirty secret is although they stuck stuck together a lot of wins. They haven't really hit top form. Well, I don't know what you think, Keen. Since that Australian clean sweep, where they were very good. I, I, yeah, I, t- I agree. But they were getting the wins, so the pressure probably wasn't there yeah. as much. But now, you know, we're starting to see a bit of a few creaks in in the armor. Um, it kind of had built a little bit. Do you think it had built a little bit before Scotland? I think people were saying, well, that wasn't great against Be- Wales. People were, yeah, th- 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 it was kind of paper. Like, a sense comfortable, of, a, a like, sense of the paper. results had kind of, exactly. I, I hear you, but I yeah. think people were still going, lads, there was a sense better of, than this. There was a sense of pa- papering over the cracks a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they're going to Paris next. Like, I mean, France, tough, like. France, France did okay against Italy. It wasn't a great game, but they tried to play ball a bit. And, you know, Bastro looked back to, back to his best or everyone is saying yeah, back to his biggest <laughs> but you, you, you never know England going to, to Paris yeah. 
it could be yeah like his the whole thing like Eddie Jones's whole kind of outlook and his persona is predicated on being victorious because mm. it's like Mourinho on his heyday like that kind of behavior gets tiring very quickly when you start losing yeah. like no one thinks it's funny anymore you kind of yeah. come across as a bit of a fool if you're behaving like that in a losing situation so it will be interesting to see if they lose a couple of games if he if he changes his dynamic is if he, he can't be as bullish naturally if they start losing uh, I, I do think he's not a bad bloke though like no, I totally I don't I'm not putting yeah. words I'm just saying um like he was really humble after the loss. I thought it was really good to see. Like he said, like no, like hang on, lads. Like yeah, there was a few things that we we'll, we'll look at ourselves. You know the mentality. Did I train the guys the right way for the week? And he took he took you know he took responsibility for that. Now will he keep doing it if they if they lose a few more times? He may not. Um, you know the pressure comes on. Um, but leaving that aside, you know he did credit Scotland. I thought that was I was like look. It looks oh, like what else could he he's like? trying to do. He is literally trying. It looks to me like he's the kind of guy who will do anything he can to help give his team an edge before they go on the pitch. So it, I think he feels like the mental warfare pre-game, like a bit like Warren Gatland, who can come out with a, you know, uh, he, he'll have a line or two that'll kind of stoke a fire. Um, I, I think he might fall into that category. De sorry, he definitely falls into that category. He feels like that's an area where he might be able to get an edge. I'd say he feels like slightly vindicated off the back of the patchful criticism as well. I mean, he didn't have a great game. Now, I didn't think Wales played great in, in general. Uh, and he was under a lot of pressure all day off the back of that. But still, he probably felt like, oh, I, you know, Patchell didn't play like himself. He'd been brilliant for the Scarlets. He didn't look so good in Twickenham. And he's um, going to match this and, and the next I, week. And I, yeah, but as in I put pressure on him, yeah, you know, so like maybe he feels like, you know, that's I was that's it's it's working. It's kind of I'm keeping the, the everything going. And he's kept a very settled team, Keen, since he's taken over. Like in a lot of the key positions, like Hartley, Mike Brown, he's Ford and Farrell have been there the whole time. There, there what probably will be a bit of pressure on him to change that up. Like Jamie George obviously started oh, the, the, George, in yeah. the Lions tour. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have a back three of Watson at 15, Noel and Johnny May if you wanted to. Very exciting. Yeah, I like, you I, could I, even put Farrell maybe 10 and bring in Ben Teo along with Joseph or Manu Tuolagi's back with Leicester. There's a lot of different options he still has. Yeah, they're not shorted now. Not <laughs> when you put it like that. But I, I like Watson at fullback um, because I think it allows you to get Noel in as well. I thought Noel was one of the better players for England when he, when he came on the other day. Um, Johnny May, yeah. They do have options, I mean, don't they? I, I, I don't know. I think he'll stick with Ford and Farrell uh, personally at 10 and 12, at least for now. I mean, who knows what they'll do in the summer. But um, yeah, they do, they do have plenty of options. And like I said, going to Paris, there's, there's a lot of pressure on them. They, they, could be, they could conceivably go into the game, the showdown at Twickenham um, on the back of two defeats, I think. I'd struggle to see them losing in Paris, but it is a big game. Oh, man, it's Paris is really hard. Is a really hard place to go. I think France have been terrible the last few years. I mean, the last time England were there two years ago, they absolutely spanked them. Like I mean, I don't know what the I can't remember what the scoreline was, but I remember watching it going, man, they are get, they are squeezing the life out of this French team. They just beat them up everywhere. Uh, I don't know if they'll do that this time around. I think um, you know, I, I do think France that bit of turmoil in Scotland really hasn't helped them. You know, dropping those guys, they they, they could have done with a bit of stability. It's the last thing they needed was to have to go, lads. Sorry. <laughs> Clear out your stuff. You're not, you know, you're you're out. They they need that. Like what they need is continuity, and that that was a disaster for them. I think to to lose a few of those guys like that. Will England bully them around? I don't think so. I think that's going to be tough. And I and I I'm not sure about England's team yet. I don't know what their best team is. I like Watson going forward. He looked bloody dodgy when he was out of the game. He's kind of like last year in the Aviva. Uh, he was a no show. I mean, he got one opportunity and he dropped it in the second half. Now it can be hard to go a whole game without much opportunity, but. Um, I'm less convinced about him. I'm a, I'm a big Mike Brown fan. I, I like Mike Still. Brown. 
yeah, really like him as a player. Uh, I can't stand all the carry on, all the mouth and off. But look, it's maybe he feels that's a way for him to psych himself up and get himself into the game. But um, I hate that stuff about him, like everyone else watching who's not an English fan. But I, man, I'd love to have him in my team. I think he's a really good kicker of the ball. Um, nice handler of the ball. He's slippery. You know, he, he doesn't get tackled an awful lot for, by the first guy. He slips out of the first tackle an awful lot. And he's a brilliant tackler. Like he will save the day for you at times. I mean, he's a. He's, I'd, I'd love to have him in my team and I'd still be picking him ahead of Watson. He's England's Rob Carney, really, isn't he? Mm. Like, I don't know how Goo doesn't get a mention at all. Yeah, he's never, like, he's never fit there. Never, the, ever been like, and yeah. he has been, like, he is so, so good mm. um, for Saris all the time. He's a, he's a really nice foil for Andy Farrell there. Or, sorry, not Andy Farrell. Um, Owen. Sorry? Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell. Um, excuse me. I had a, a bit of a brain fart there. <laughs> Um, he's a nice boy from there and you can play two more kind of two more century kind of guys there. I, I looked at Farrell the last day he's, I don't think he's a 12 I think he's a 10 um, and I'd be picking him a 10 because he's a lovely defender he is a good defender but he's not a great 12 a defender 12 he's a really good defender for a 10 but he, I mean he's a nice ball player I think he brings a bit more he's a nice kicker at the ball he's great off the tee like he's your, your guy off the tee um, I don't know if that's the right decision for them I think I'd probably be playing a, a pure centre you know, a guy who plays centre all the time. I don't know whether you pick Tio at 12 and Joseph at 13. I think that could be a very nice combination. You could kind of go with what Ireland have um, a little bit more. Well, obviously, Joseph's probably a little bit more creative, but I, I'd prefer that setup. I think they'd be solid, more solid defensively. I think they'd be very physical there as well. Um, all those guys are good carriers. All of them are good defenders. And you could have someone like, oh, like I, I don't know if I'd be dropping Mike Brown, but Good is a, is a realistic optionary because he could be your, your third playmaker. Because you do need a third playmaker now. You can't just have two guys who are going to truck it up. Plus, Joseph doesn't do a bad job with that either. So, I, I think, they, I, for me, that back line isn't settled. I think they have a few guys in the pack. Um, love Courtney Laws as a player. I don't know if he's a six at international level. Uh, I'm not as convinced about that as after the weekend. I thought they didn't have a groundhog. Maybe that's more Rob Shaw's role than the six. You know, It is nice to have a line-out option at six. And he's a great tackler, super defender. And he tr contributes a lot around the pitch. But... Um, I'm not as convinced about that back row. I don't know what I mean. You any thoughts on, on their team, Keenan? I, I still think they have a bit of figuring out to do for me to find their best yeah, team. I mean, I think the Rob Shaw is the perfect example of trying to figure mm. out a team when you think that, yeah. that that was his sort of international career done. Um, I, I, I think I would stick with the Ford Farrell, at least for now. Um, you like the axis? Still? I do, I do, I do. I, and I think Farrell was quite good at 12 for the Lions as well. And okay, he doesn't have someone like Johnny Sexton playing, in front, playing inside of him, mm. like George Ford, but... Um, no, I, I think he, he did get caught out. You're right for, I think it was the Hugh Taylor second try, I think. He missed got, a, he had a soft enough soft, tackle yeah. on, um, on someone for the Maitland try. Remember, they, they broke from deep. Yeah. And um, who's that hooker for Scott? The, hook, the hooker's a lovely player for Scott. Stu McNally. Stu McNally, mm -hmm. yeah. Like he, he kind of bumped him off and they got another bit of momentum when, our, when England were back in the game and were kind of set. And I just thought, good 12 now. That wasn't a hard tackle. He Buniaki coming right down. He, Buniaki minutes, yeah. would smash that guy or Robbie Henshaw would smash mm -hmm. him, you know. Um, and I just thought, I was like, ah, that looked like a 10 tackling, you know. Um, just a thought. Um, I don't know if they, like, I'm sure they're not considering it because they, they, this was their, this is what a lot of their success was kind of predicated on was this 10-12 mm -hmm. axis that are, you know, and they can get the ball to anywhere they need to get. It means, you know, it's really, they're both two organisers, two generals taking the pressure off Youngs or Kerr, whoever's at nine. I actually think Wigglesworth's a really good player who hasn't been considered that much. Um, I pretty old though. He is, but he's, he's a like really good player. He's in great shape. He still looks really fit. He's brilliant for Saracens. Um, the odd, obviously it's, he looks a bit odd with the left foot. It's, you know, you could have to change a few bits around, but that's easy to fix. Um, 
I like him a lot. Um, I'm a bit. I'm. I'm less convinced about them. I think their their tie five is still excellent. Just um, just to finish up on Wales. Obviously, they lost by ten points to Ireland the other day, but they were well in that game. And if I was a Welsh supporter or part did of, did you that, think they were in the game, Will? I did. Well, towards the end, yeah. Like the scoreline, I thought they were. They looked like towards the end after Sexton turned down that kick at goal for the quick tap. Like Wales were, were really pushing us towards the mm. end. But no, Ireland over the course of the game definitely deserved that win. Don't get me wrong. But there was a twenty-minute period towards the end where they were really coming out of hard. You could feel that in the stadium as well. I mean, there was a bit of a nervous tension there, and it never should have gotten to that point no. at all. It never should. But that have was my that that's my point. Is that it's sh- like while we let in a few soft tries out wide, really. I never, I never thought they were in the game. I thought it was weird. I thought well, like, I was, I was expecting them to. Uh, it's funny. I know. I said, I said, well, they were, we were going to beat them by kind of like I think it was eight points. I knew mm. we'd beat them. I didn't think they'd get a bonus point against us away. But I still expected more from them. I don't know why I'm disappointed sitting here now that they didn't. Uh, we didn't have, get a better Welsh performance. But like, up until half time, they had, they were leading. But they didn't look. Thirteen in, five. We were winning all the collisions. Yeah, their their back row was soft. I thought. Mm. I thought Moriarty and Shing. Okay, Shingler scored a try, but. I just thought they were soft. I thought Ireland bullied them. Again. I thought they the bullied them. Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I, they I, did. Ireland were like Levy yeah. was so aggressive at the yeah. at the breakdown. Roy Best, Peter O'Mahony, like they were dominating. Yeah, Levy had a huge performance. He did. He's he really kind of announced he's, himself in the international James stage. James was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Um, Andrew Porter, really I thought was, was very not good. just in the scrum. I was watching the game back. The amount of work that he did around the pitch, like hitting rocks. You know the real dirty work and. He's re- Peter Mann had a very good game. He like did. CJ had, a, CJ had a good game. Like I, I don't, I can't think of a guy in the pack. Who I thought, mm. I really like. I thought CJ had a few good, like really good ones. Like he, and I, and I usually don't think he's as effective at international level because he's playing against bigger guys, better athletes, better defenders. And I think he's not. He doesn't. I think the stats will show that really when when you leave it, leave aside leaving aside Italy, you know, you just. I, I don't think he has the same yards per carry, which you'd probably expect anyway, maybe. Um, but I thought he was really good. I thought I thought Peter Mahoney was really good as well. I, I mean, I, thought, I can't think of anyone in the pack. Dev Toner like, was quite good, wasn't Dev he? Was really good. Like, and he, yeah. and, and yeah. you can see what the competition and the strength and depth, like we were talking about earlier, mm. is doing to guys. Someone like Dev Toner, who's you know on the verge of losing his place if Ryan and Henderson are fit, and yeah. just an awesome performance. So, so what about what, what about Wales then? What I mean, what do you think, Will? What do you like? Where do well, you? Well, I was going to say that like I, I, considering the injuries they've had, I would be reasonably positive if I was a Welsh supporter. Like okay. Steph Evans has been really, really good. He's emerged as a starting wing. Garrett, like they're losing Reese Webb. A lot of people were giving out about that. He's going to Toulon. But Garrett Davies, I think, is playing playing much better than him for the last year almost. He's so, been awesome. Yeah, fairness. so I think that's another. Do, do you think they're caught between two stools in the sense that they have so many Scarlets, but they're not quite playing the Scarlets way? And there's kind of a mixture well, of I think styles the awkwardness almost? comes is that the Scarlets guys are the informed guys. But what happens when your traditional guys like Warburton mm. comes back? Like, and like Gatland has been, always brought him back into the team, but it, it, it's a little awkward that some of their more established Lions players have been injured and these guys are playing quite well. How does he not pick to Perry? Oh, yeah. Like what's going on? I couldn't believe he didn't play against Ireland. I thought I thought that was a massive mistake. Like Navidi is good. I think he's a good pro fourteen. He has player. been really good he for has a while now. Tipperick yeah. though at the breakdown is oh. a menace, and you could just see how he's poor such they a were. Nice footballer mm. as well. I mean, he's a guy who you, you like. He'll he gets himself in good positions. He sniffs opportunities. Yeah. He makes he probably makes a break or two every single game. Well, I think Shinger has had a really good. Shinger's been brilliant. But has, like we're talking about different. We're talking about seven. I know. Here, I know. Like, you know I, mean? I, I just think Shinger is. I agree with you. I, I've liked Shingler for a long time. Um, I don't know why he doesn't get in the team. I think he's a lovely shape. Like he's really, you know, great Ranger, runner. Yeah. I mean, I was watching him chasing. 
I mean, I know he didn't, he had to, you know, he gave up on the 22, but when he turned to Chase Stockton, I was like, geez, he's actually my, you know, he, he's he's such a good athlete. I mean, I think he's a, a county cricketer over there as well, if I'm not mistaken. He's a ser- like just a lovely footballer. Um, seems to make a break every single game I watch him play. Like one of those guys who you're like, geez, every single time I watch him play, he gets one or two breaks. Even against England, he's a lovely one. Um, so he's not the problem, definitely. You know, I think they are missing. I think Moriarty, Moriarty sorry, was had a bit of an off day. Mm. He, tackling wasn't great. A few decent carries, but soft, I, I don't know it? if they struggled. With, Put Fallon Tail back in for him, though. You know, I know yeah. they will. They will. Look, look, I think Wales aren't. They're not in a bad place. Like I said, they've lots of injuries. I think Bigger's only just back. Uh, I think Reese Webb is is still like regardless of of whether you start him or Davies. Um, you know. They'll be better on the bench, regardless. You know, well, this, uh, it which just is looks nice like they've gotten a, a bit of talent to freshen up that team a year away from a World Cup, where maybe before the Six Nations, people were wondering, people were thought, "Oh, Gatlin's been there a long time. Is it going a bit stale?" But they have freshened the team up with a couple of new faces. I think so. Yeah, and actually, the World Cup draw isn't is pretty kind for them to actually make make a bit of a run. Who have they got in the group? They have with, Australia, Fiji, and Georgia in their group, and A and other. Oh, right. uh, yeah, so they sh- you, you think they'll get through that easily. They'll get out Although, of the group. You know, Fiji have been, have been asking yeah, for them true, before, but true. yeah, you're right. Uh, you'd expect them, like they're well capable of, like I think Fiji will pose them, uh, you know, shouldn't pose them much of a problem because physically they're incredible athletes. Now, Liam Williams at his first game back. Dan Bigger uh, as well. Lee Happen, his first game back. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dan Bigger. All really good players. So like, you know, maybe we're being a bit harsh on them. I think we all know they're a really good team. They've got really good players. When they have them all out in the pitch, you know, I think they kind of they do fall into the Scotland category where they're 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 not great travellers for me. They're not great travellers in, I mean, bar the Scarlets last year, which I think was a real anomaly. The two wins, I, I suppose you could say the Ospreys. Sorry, as I'm saying this, I'm like I'm thinking of examples where that's not true. Uh, the Ospreys winning in, in the ODS and stuff, but for for the most part, I think definitely, you know, if you look at the stat, I, th- I think they're not good travellers. The Welsh teams, and I think it, it probably the Welsh side as well. Over the course, I can't really think of them digging out too many big ones, you know. Well, they're the last team to beat England and Twickenham in the Six Nations. I know, but I still think they're, for me, they don't travel well. I, I don't know what, maybe it's just, I know they've, they have a good, decent record, but I just, they don't travel well for me. I don't care about the numbers, they don't travel no, well. No, I don't think they travel well, I don't. Like, I think they're, re- like, you look Get at the Get those statistics out of my face. The quality of rugby they play in Millennium, or princi- whatever, Principality, like, they play... They they play different. I feel like they're a completely different team there. And maybe look, maybe you could say that about lots of teams um, at home. But I think particularly them for me, they play so well at home. They're a different team. They're a different beast there. I mean, do you think do you, like do you yeah. think do you watch that and think that? No, I agree. Uh, and I think you're right. They're 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 mm. a bit like Scotland in 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 that. Here, sense, tell me I'm a moron <laughs> if you think I am. Honestly, if you think no. I, I pretty much contradicted myself through that whole last statement. <laughs> but no, what do you think? Do you think I'm right at all? Or no? Well, it was showed last year. Ireland got beaten mm. over in Wales, and this game was mm. a lot different when it was back in Ireland. But I think when you mention those couple of key players who were lacking yeah, match finish, it makes, it makes a match. huge difference. Mm. If you t- if you put that in Ireland, if Ireland were in the same place, I think we might struggle too. Well, you might well do, yeah. on that note, guys, I think we'll wrap it up. Keen, thanks so much for joining us this week. Cheers, lads. That's all we have time for this week on The Left Wing. Thanks to Keen and Luke for joining me, and thanks for listening as well. We'll be back next week with another podcast, and in the meantime, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald.